Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 43 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education, stories that hopefully will encourage, inspire. Everyone loves a good story, and the only thing better than a good story is a story with a message. I am Brent Coley, your host, an elementary principal in beautiful Southern California. And joining me today, really, really, really excited, I have the one, the only, Angela Myers. Angela, how are you? I am fantastic. And I love the title of your podcast because storytelling is the most powerful way for us to put our our voice into the world, our ideas into the world, and and connect with one another in the process of doing it. So I love it. I'm ready to tell tales with you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, everyone has a story. Everybody, yeah. whether it's everyone does. Yes. You, me, the the playground aide, the principal, yep. the classroom, everybody has a story. And Angela, as we as we were kind of chatting before we started recording, I have admired what what you do and the message that you um are spreading because I think it is such, especially in our society today, with there's so much negativity yes. out there. And yes. your uh, you matter. And yeah. the 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 campaign that you have started in, in your organization of just letting people know that you matter and you have value because I think so often going through the day-to-day trials of life, people overlook that. And yep. um, so before we get into that, Angela, who is Angela Myers for anyone not familiar with your work? Angela Myers is an educator at the deepest sense. Um, the, the root word of educate means to lead out. And I've been doing that for 31 years, um, helping individuals, organizations, schools, communities lead out the genius that exists within them. Mm. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Cause, every, cause everyone's got it. It's all everyone has it. it, 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 every there, we person has it. Yes. Just got to mine it. So, well, yes. As you said, title of this podcast is Teaching Tales, and I know I've, I, you have an amazing TED Talk, which I was re-watching this morning, and you told some stories in there. I, I kind of want the theme of this to be what you are all about, and that is the value that all of us have, and the value that often goes either unnoticed, unrecognized, or if it is noticed and recognized, it's not spoken or it's not communicated to those people. So do you, have any, do you have any stories that would kind of highlight the importance of communicating that value? I don't even know, you know, where to begin because that every single day I'm breathing in and out stories um, on both ends, stories of individuals that are thriving because they have found and are using the best versions of themselves and and what what life and learning is like when you understand why you exist and the value that you have for the world and i hear the other side of the stories i bear that burden as well the burden that is so heartbreaking that there are a pandemic amount of individuals not just kids but mm -hmm. individuals human beings that are walking around wondering and wishing and wanting someone to tell them that they matter, that they have value. 
And it is, it has become, as I've moved through this, this message in ways that I never dreamed of and have, have understood it from both a scientific perspective, an anthropologic perspective, a revolutionary perspective, that I have no qualms about saying that insignificance is the greatest threat to our humanity right now. And I'm not saying that to be dramatic. I'm not saying that to be provocative. I'm saying that is a deep truth that I used to get calls to work with schools or to work with communities around content ideas around, you know, we want to learn this or we want to do this or we want to discover this strategy. In the last two years, the calls that I'm getting are our community is in in peril right now. We are in pain. The heartbreak in our town, in our school. Um, can can you please come help help us try to mend that? Please let our teachers know they matter. Please let our kids know they matter. It is now um, a matter of life and death, and and we can get into that aspect. But it is it is absolutely pandemic. I'll just give you one quick example. A city yeah. that I was called to about uh, a few weeks before Christmas, I was actually called um, to the city um, by the police chief. They had done an assessment of their 911 calls, and this is a city of about 350,000. So it's not just a, you know, a small town here, a small town there. Um, and we're just stunned that the proportion of calls that were in distress were not because somebody broke into your house or there was a fire or, you know, something terrible happened criminal wise. It was because people were lonely because they were hopeless because they were at their wits end and did not believe that their life mattered anymore. And mm -hmm. so this is not just an education issue. It is a, an issue for humanity. Oh, because from, a, for, because from the educational side, we we can't meet their academic needs, right? If they're if they're coming to school each morning, yeah. <laughs> feeling yes. We I think so often we focus on are they hungry? Yes. We, we make sure that they that they yeah. get breakfast in the morning, which is an absolute necessity. Right. We need to make yep. sure that their tummies are full. Yep. But we can't overlook are their hearts full? That's one thousand percent, and I think that's the biggest misnomer and most detrimental underestimation of this message is that it is just a, a warm, fuzzy nicety. Mattering is not a nicety. It is a necessity. And as you said, it is an essential need. It is as critical to our life, to our learning, to our world as food, water, shelter, and air. And once we understand and embody it in that same category, then we say what you just said about about you know breakfast and lunch like can you imagine performance of any kind for anyone not just kids but for anyone without food water shelter air sleep those basic needs mattering is a basic fundamental human need it is not a nicety yeah and and i know i'm looking at some of the notes that i had jotted down earlier i mean you have used when I was rewatching your TED talk, and you had you had given the example of the airport. Yeah. When you yeah. you you and some others were stuck in an airport, yeah. and one of the things I don't know if you if you want to briefly talk about that, or I can yeah. summarize it. <laughs> well, you can summarize. It's so funny. I've never ever um, watched or revisited or listened to the TED talk ever. Okay. <laughs> so it's so funny. I'll I'll share stories at the moment. 
but I'm in so many airports, there's a million stories. I'm assuming that it is people that were not treated um, with human decency. Well, and it's funny because I'm doing a large event with about a hundred brands next week talking about customer experience from the human side. And it isn't just about good customer service. It's about our basic need to be treated and seen as human beings, not as products, but as people. And so I can imagine what I might've shared about the airport because every single day I <laughs> experience. Well, yeah. In that, in that talk you had, you had talked about you and, and I think it yes. was a honeymoon couple and a family of five and a single mom. Yeah. The flight, yes. Your flight was canceled, but yes. one of the things that really jumped out at me was you talked about how the airline representative said that she noticed Yes. your predicament and yep. that word notice just kept yes. leaping out at me yes. exactly be because i know like in my in my position as as, a, as the principal of an elementary school I'm, I'm speaking with parents students every single day but parents oftentimes will yep. come with concerns complaints oftentimes yep. they're things that i can't necessarily fix um somebody cut me off <laughs> in the parking lot. Well, I, I can't go. I mean, I wish I could fix that, but, right. but I can't. But what jumped out at me with that story that you told about the airport was this airline representative, she communicated to you. She noticed that you have value. I understand that you're waiting. Yes. This totally stinks. And, and you were so appreciative of that. And then I remember that you said that you wanted to write to her supervisor. Yes. Yes, her, I actually did. Yes. And, and her response her response was I am the supervisor. Mm -hmm. and nobody nobody cares. Yes. And that like uh, it kind of brought me profound, isn't it? It's yeah. so if you think about we live on this planet with a billion other people. And the more congested and complicated and and chaotic it gets what human beings want most, and this is where the misunderstanding of social media is not that we're that we're addicted to the social media. We are desperate yeah. to have witness to our lives, to know that we have lived a life that will not go unnoticed. And in social, the drive is people notice it and they notice it right away. Mm -hmm. And we never in without it recognized how hungry we for, we were or that we were actively looking for that witness. Noticing someone is an act of, of basic humanity. And yet, I, in fact, I was just writing my speech for the customer service event and went through a day, a week in my life as a, a consumer and going through. So my hospital that, not a hospital, but the doctor that I go to, the system that I'm in is all automated. So the first thing they ask you, like you're, you go in and you sign in like to an ATM machine and you put your number in and you go in this line and it's all about efficiency, but you cannot give efficiency for humanity. You've got to balance those things yeah. because you're, you're walking through this line and I had to have this procedure done and I was a little scared. It was nothing big, but you know, and so I'm walking through this line like this nameless, faceless entity, not any human interaction 
until I actually get, you know, in the room. And it's all about what is your number? Um, you know, do you want paper or plastic? Or, you know, here, what's next? We stopped calling people by their names. We start stopped actually seeing the individuals in our presence. And so these moments that you can make noticing a part of your life, a discipline in your practice, you not only change your view of other people, you change your view of the world. And it's, it's really a profound, a profound thing that's missing in our work and in our lives. The thing that I have noticed is it's so easy to do, to, to express that noticing of somebody, yes. but we don't do it. I mean, right. thinking too, as the principal of an elementary school, if a student walks by and has new shoes and I notice them and say, nice shoes, yes. buddy. Yep. When that, when that little That's first right. grader walks yep. by me yes. with, a, with a smile ear to ear yes. because of the simple fact that I said, nice shoes or, or oh, I like yes. this haircut. That yes. looks great. Yes, yes, and, yes. And I have to think that they're going home saying, Mr. Coley, mm -hmm. notice my shoes. Yes. And how much effort did that take? Yep. And, and, and it's something that I'm, I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because yeah. I don't do this as much as I need to, but I remember the times when I do. I mean, today, yesterday I started, I'm sure you're familiar with the good news call of the day concept. Yes. Yes. So I, I've started doing that and I got the idea of, of make, we made right. little bracelets, little rubber bracelets. So when I make those calls, the kids get basically a badge of honor. Aww. They, I love that. It's, it's, I got the idea and I, I'm drawing a blank on his name. It's a principal. He shared it on Twitter and I saw it and it was like, oh. we immediately ordered those. And I had a second grader yesterday, called him up and we called home for his effort. It's a student who, who needs some redirects and struggles sometimes. Yeah. And what his teacher told me was, Mr. Coley, I've noticed that oh. he is getting that he is really making an effort. And oh, that's incredible. Yeah. And we, and we called home and just like, hey, I went and said, Hey bud, let's go. And, and again, the smile, his face almost exploded from the smile. I, and when we were done making the call, which again, I don't know who gets more out of that, the student, the parent or myself, I think it's kind of a tie there. It is, it is exactly. But today I was back in that classroom standing in the back of the room in the front corner of the room he is sitting mm. and he looks up at me makes eye contact with me holds his hand up with the wrist and points to the bracelet on his wrist oh, at that, and again this wasn't my idea this is something that somebody shared but i'm going back to this all stemmed from his teacher noticed Yep. Him and noticed his effort. 1000%. And we, we, we recognized that, called home. And I have to think that that's going to, I know it did today because the smile on his face showed me, that's going to buoy him for, that could buoy him for weeks. A simple phone call. Absolutely. 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 So if you think, so I've broken down what, are the component parts of mattering because there's lots of things related to mattering. 
there's there's self-esteem and self-worth and whole kinds of things but mattering at its at its core is to be to have your life be witnessed by another to be seen by another person to be really noticed um as a human being it's the greatest gift we can give another human being is to be fully present in their presence and i think that's something that's really important to share with teachers that that we strive so hard to be perfect for our kids our kids don't want perfect they want presence and so just being there and fully committed to their presence is is a gift to kids just a, a split second and i think what you said about the student who said you know notice my tennis shoes or notice that i got bangs what i learned from being around five-year-olds for such a long time is they are the ones who actually made me a master noticer they're the ones who developed my habit of noticing and it wasn't it was because they demanded it five-year-olds demand like babies demand that their basic needs when they're hungry there's no social like filter. If you're hungry, they're gonna a three year old's gonna say, "I'm starving," and it could be in the middle of church yeah. because it's a basic need. A three year old will also say, "Look at me, look at me, look at me," until you look at them because it is equally a basic need. So it is a basic need to be noticed, to be seen, to be heard, to be valued and understand your value, and then the greatest driver of human behavior, the greatest sense of mattering is to know you are essential to other, to other humans, essential to the world, that you have something that is needed and important um, from somebody else. And if you look at where bad behavior stems, bad behavior stems from people that feel their only way of getting seen is to force being seen to let you know through their bad behavior that I am here and I am deserving of, of your attention. And it's sad that it has to come to that because, because we don't practice noticing. Yeah. Negative attention. Is yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's so easy in this world to be invisible and we can't allow any human being to think they're invisible. And look what happens. Bad behavior happens when you feel invisible, when you feel like nobody cares and nobody notices you. Yeah. Can you, can you, is there anything off the top of your head going back to that, the simplistic nature of, of a simple, nice shoes, nice band? Can you, can you think of something either personally where somebody's noticed you or when you've done some or when you've made a comment to somebody else anything that you could share there absolutely in fact this just happened recently um i was in walmart and speaking of um those automatic machines if you've been in a walmart lately they have a section where you can check out your own groceries just yeah. like i did it at my doctor um and then there's checkers right next to them and so I was in, and, and because I have made noticing a practice, I am incredibly conscious and deliberate about when I greet people to be there fully and be there present. Um, so at, I was running around probably for some trip and, and wasn't being as conscious. So I'm messing on my phone and I started seeing that the lady that was checking me out, 
her Marjorie, her head was down. And so I, I put my phone down and I said, Marjorie, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, how's your day going? I, I didn't need to be on my phone. And she started crying. Mm. And she said, do you see those machines over there? You are the first person who made me feel like I was worth noticing, mm. who took a second to say my name, to ask about my day. She goes, I am no different than those machines over there. I can go all day and never see another human being's eyes. Their heads are down in their, in their phones, <laughs> which mine was, your heads are down in their phones. They're moving through the checking line. They're doing a million other things. And I'm no longer a valuable human being. And very soon I'll be replaced by, and she pointed over to the, to the things. Yeah. And so I think if we see noticing as a, a unique, it, even beyond a unique demonstration of, of love and generosity, but it is delivering to someone else the message that you are worth my time, that you are worth it, and, and that I am... That, that your presence is a gift to me. And it is such a profound, simple thing. But again, it has to be practiced. It isn't something that, so in my classroom, I actually had a schedule. I built in five minutes a day. And because, you know, when you're teaching kindergarten, every five-year-old wants your attention at the same time. <laughs> and so I was exhausted. This is like some no. this wasn't any scientific discovery. It was just pure exhaustion of a very new teacher. And I finally sat them down. I'm like, you guys, you are awesome. Every single one of you does amazing things every day, but I cannot notice it every day, all at the same time. I can't keep up with your awesomeness. So I bought a notebook and called it my noticing notebook. I bought a notebook and I made this schedule. So on Monday, you five, I'm going to notice you. On Tuesday, you five. On Wednesday, throughout the whole week. And so I was joking. I'm like, okay, so Brent, no doing anything awesome on Tuesday because you're not till Wednesday and we we're just joking around. And I did that. I built in one minute for five kids a day. And my only job during that minute was to be fully present for them, to oh. give them. And then by writing down what I noticed, I wasn't coaching, I wasn't collaborating, I wasn't comforting, I wasn't correcting what they did. It was so different than any other time. It was simply there to be present for who they were right now and then give them. And then by showing them what I wrote in my notebook, you're giving them a front row seat to their brilliance. And it was so game changing. I've kept that practice every single day, my whole life for 31 years. And so I pick five people a day and I tell them something specific that I notice about them. It's uh -huh. profound. It is it profoundly informs my life, informs my world, changes my mood. And when I'm in a worse mood or when I'm even busier, it's more urgent that you slow yourself down and you make noticing a priority. And I'm, I'm thinking of your kindergarten students. <laughs> who, Billy, I always say Billy. Billy's always the go-to name for me. Billy, Billy. Yes, we all have a Billy. Had a Billy. If, if Billy's Thursday, I, I, I'm just picturing Billy jumping yep. out of bed that morning thinking, today's my day. You want, you want to know what's even more beautiful than that? What? The kids started noticing mm. what other people were doing and writing in the notebook. So I'll have time. So there were schools that gave 
noticing notebooks to their kids. And then they just went around at recess and just started capturing incredible things that they noticed about each other. It became a part of our culture. It was just stunning because once you recognize that everybody in your presence has something worth noticing, then it changes the entire, it changes the entire culture. And it literally just takes seconds. Yeah. And, and I just need a second to let all this, let yeah. Soak in, it's so good. I'm going back to your the Marjorie story at Walmart. And one of the one of the simple things is you said her name. One thousand percent. You noticed her name. Yeah. One of the things yes. that I started doing yes. at Starbucks is because I mean, I've been doing some writing and that's one of the things I'm writing about is is the power of a name. And that that for some that's all they have. And noticing somebody's name tag at Starbucks, at Walmart, or whatever, Yes. speaking the name. Yes. You, you, I mean, found. I know you've seen this. Marjorie, you said she punched, yes. perked up. She, oh my, you said You said my name, and yeah. I'm almost doing it as an experiment. Every time I'm in Starbucks, yes. I'm yes. now looking. Do it everywhere you go, and you will be. So I give people this 24-hour test to be conscious about using people's names, asking for the correct pronunciation. Um, if you forgot their name, don't, don't underestimate that. Ask again. Yeah. It doesn't remind me of your name again. I want to get it right. And, and if you show honestly that you do want to get it right, it is. So I did this research study for South by Southwest about four years ago. And we asked a half a million kids, 500,000 kids, what would make you run to school? And when we got the results back and we were looking through them, one of the things that kept coming up over and over and over, and this is middle and high school boys, what would make you run to school if my teacher said my name? And I thought, this has to be a glitch in the system. This can't be, this cannot be right. And so in business, we call this the customer's journey. So I asked teachers to take the customer's journey and walk through the doors as a, a typical high school student and then if we had a tape recorder recording the language that that student was, was bearing throughout the whole day, think about this. You walk in, your friends might say, you know, hi, how are you? But you walk into class and it's math class. What are the first things out of the teacher's mouth? Good morning, boys and girls. Today in math, boom. Mm -hmm. 48 minutes later, you go to science. Good morning, boys and girls. Today in science, boom, boom, boom. You go to literature, boys and girls. You can literally go all day, all, week, all month, and never hear your name. Now, compare that to a kindergarten classroom. How many times do they demand you say their name? It's, it's, so, it's just so stunning that something so little is, is so powerful. I, I want to say one more thing about noticing from an educational perspective, because I think the greatest... Um, challenge we have about liberating the genius of other people is most humans, and I don't mean just kids, I would say even adults are more at risk, have no idea about their talents. They overestimate what they do well, and they underestimate their unexpected and unrealized gifts, unless somebody holds up a mirror to that. Otherwise, their potential just will go to waste. So as educators, as leaders, we are obligated to witness human genius 
to be stand, you know, to, to take a stand and to be a stand for greatness and announce it to the people we, who we think they are because they will strive to be that and more. And this is more than having high expectations of kids. That's not actionable. This is actionable because that is the only way they're ever going to notice and nurture it independently, not only for themselves, but for other people. And I think we, we have misread what our, what our true role is in kids' life. The, wor the root word of educate is to lead out. This is the essence of our mission as a system and as an individual teacher in it. Mm. And it, it's just so much, so much, <laughs> so much, yet it's so little. It is. In, in it is. In terms of, you, you said actionable. Yes. In, in terms of saying somebody's name, yep. noticing their shoes, saying, hey, I, re I appreciated when you blank, what, whatever it is. Um, yesterday I, well, it's common. So I say these principles of mattering, remembering, noticing, naming, nurturing people's talent isn't just a talent into itself. It is, it is, it must become a part of our ritual and routines. Yeah. And so this idea that uh, just because it's common sense doesn't mean it's common practice or commonplace. So that's why we need leaders like you. That's why we need to have conversations about this. That's why we need to understand that mattering is truly our only agenda. It's not an agenda. It's not, you know, an agenda at the beginning of the year or when somebody retires or graduates, it is our only agenda and it fuels all other agendas. We are not going to achieve what we're asking not only our teachers, but our systems, our schools, our kids to achieve if these basic needs are, are not met. Mm -hmm. There's nothing warm fuzzy about this. Yeah. No, it's, again, going back to its fuel. It's, again, we, we make sure they have breakfast. We fill their stomachs. Yes. Got to make gotta yes. sure that we fill the hearts. And, yes. and you said teachers. It's not just the kids. How, I mean, the studies show half of, half of teachers quit within five years because they don't feel valued. They don't feel yes. that they're making a difference. They don't feel that they matter. Yeah. I know. I feel like I'm a broken record and I'm not trying to be, but it, it really comes, everything comes back to that. Everything comes down to that. And the, the level of productivity, the level of emotional labor loss, the level of what our schools could be and, and, and what they should be if people felt like they mattered. And yet we take this concept and underestimate the heck out of it. Yeah. And we, we talk about rigor. We need to be rigorous about this. There's nothing more we need to be, there's nothing more rigorous um, than this. That is good. Stuff. <laughs> put an, I was going to put a period on it. Let's put an exclamation point on that. <laughs> It. But, boy, Angela, again, I started this podcast because I want anybody listening, my mom, my dad, if nobody else, and Sean Wisely. There's your, there's your shout out, Sean, because I know <laughs> I might say mom and dad, you say, and me. So, Sean Wisely, thanks for listening, buddy. 
um, I want people to feel encouraged and inspired to yeah. to get better, to to yeah. do better for kids, to yeah. do better for those they serve if they're in an administrative role. And and I'm telling you, if nobody else listens to this, Angela, I got something. I got something out of this, and I'm going to be better. Did I? It inspires me so much to hear stories of principals like you talking about this, um, just making it a leadership priority. I, I, I cannot emphasize how much I love teachers, how much I love this field, this work we do, and how desperately worried I am about where we're spending our time, attention, and money. You can fill your schools up with technology, with tools, with, with all the talent in the world. But unless you, you handle this DNA, this isn't an ideology, this is biology we're talking about, you're not going to, you're not going to make the impact that, that we were meant to make. And however I can help in whatever way I can help, um, please reach out to me, anybody reach out to me. And, and just like you said, you'll look at this and you'll think, oh my God, that's so easy. It is, but implementing it, making yeah. it common place and common practice. And, and like you said, sense doesn't, doesn't mean uh, common practice or, yeah. I Absolutely. Said, <laughs> yes. Yes. And and how how can somebody reach out to you, contact you, follow you online? How how could they get in touch with you? Well, if you type in the word, if you forget my name, if you type in the words "you matter," you'll you, you'll reach me <laughs> somehow. But it, I'm Angela Myers everywhere. So whatever platform is most convenient or comfortable for you, I'm on LinkedIn. Oh, I'm not on Snapchat, but I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on. Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on whatever, wherever you need, email, phone call, all of that. Um, if, if you need, if you need to reach me. Um, and then what I've been doing in, in the same way you have is collecting tales and stories of inspiring leaders like you, teachers, students, communities um, that are embracing not just the concept of mattering from a level, from a, a place of inspiration, but from a place of urgency. And then sharing our best practices because these aren't hard practices they're not expensive practices but it's like having the best of the best little tidbits of, of practices whether it's a letter that goes out to students or it's an activity you did like a school just sent me um they made a you matter cart they have a they have a mattering uh, it's a really cool name and i'm going to mess it up it's like a mattering team so it's just a group of staff and they rotate every month and they have a little cart with you know things that remind people that they matter and they walk around the school and, and spread that joy, you know, like how incredible is that parents work it, kids work it, teachers work it. And they just, they make a commitment to never let a person feel like they don't matter. So that idea needs to be shared. So I put that all in a book and put it all together called mattering is the agenda with some of those stories and ideas and, and things like that. But, um, you know, you can get almost everything that I do online. So um, I, I just think I'm, it's such an urgency for me. This is, this is, I'm, I'm thinking about this all the time. This matters to me. <laughs> you matter to me. So thank you very, very, very much for having me on. Uh, Angela, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to share. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because I, 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 not think, I, I know that people are going to get something out of this. So, and I'm so hopeful. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. And for for anyone listening, AngelaMyers.com, uh, you, you, you can get all her stuff there. She, again, um, great follow on Twitter as well. And for everybody listening, thank you. I thank you. Yes, mom, dad, Sean. So and uh, Corey. I know Corey, Orlando, John Ike, you're listening too. And if anyone else wants a shout out, let me know. I'll get you a shout out in the next episode. So That's great. But, great, great. Yeah. And and if you haven't subscribed, be sure to subscribe. Remember, we're in Google Play, uh, iTunes, even in Spotify now. We're getting really high tech. So you can subscribe, have newest episodes automatically delivered to your device. So Angela, once again, thank you so much. Totally appreciate it. And everybody listening, thank you. And until next time, have a good one.